Hey, Brian, what's wrong? You look, uh, down? Yeah, man, I, you know, it's just been one of those days I read an extremely disturbing, uh, you know, piece of news this morning. And it's just been... Well, that's your fault for reading the news, isn't it? I know, it is my fault for reading the news, man. It's just, you know, I'm a, I'm a junkie, a news junkie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what happened? Well, it fucking turns out Costco had to pull a bunch of the coconut milk products because it was revealed that they were made using forced monkey labor. I this feels a little forced fake news to me. Uh, what? Well, okay, so we saying? use we use cows right to like plow fields and stuff. So what if no, no, because those cows get places to like live and stuff like right. So like, so did the slaves, man. Okay, but do we know that, like, what if these, what if these monkeys have the option to go home at the end of the day, and if they want to come back to work, they can, and, like, that's, that's their choices, because, like, okay, hey, you make these, come snatch these coconuts down, but then you take, like, six coconuts home, monkey, is that the scenario? So what you're describing is, like, a, a job. Yeah, right? So, yeah. okay, so what's the what are people complaining about? These monkeys have jobs, Brian. Yeah, but they're being forced to work. Oh, so it is like forced work? Oh, yeah. Okay. They don't get to go home. They don't get to go home. No. But even if they did, I mean, I'm sure that's probably the only job that's hiring monkeys right now. Pretty much. I, I don't know. It sounds like a decent deal and to me. And is six coconuts a day really enough to, like, live? What kind of rent are these monkeys? That's for doing? single monkeys, obviously. Single monkeys, obviously. Yeah, uh, monkeys with families get more. Wait, are you saying that monkeys aren't entitled to their surplus value? Oh, because you think they're making more than they're taking home. Because they're that, not even I think t- that the getting is to go home more. at yeah. all. No, they don't get the, they go into cages. So you're saying this is a bad thing? I think this is a bad thing. There's no way that these monkeys could be like in on this somehow. No, no? I'm pretty sure this is forced <laughs> exploitation. Shut, cut and dry. Like, yeah. Huh. Okay, well, I mean... I mean, this is how Planet of the Apes starts. The movie where where I sell out the human race and join the monkeys. Was that in the movie? Oh, no, it's you in my head. You in Planet of the Apes? It, it's in my head whenever Wait. these scenarios present themselves. You would sell out the human race? Brian, who are you? To the apes? Who am as I? Soon as they I'm come, a person I, who wouldn't sell out... As soon as they take over, I don't know who you are is what I'm saying. Like, oh, who God are damn. you? Literally, who oh, are shit. you? Yeah. So you guys gotta get the monkeys out of the cages. Get them yeah, free the monkey. Free the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Christ. What kind of hell world do we live in? There's forced monkey labor going on. Jesus shit. Holy fuck. Cue the fucking theme song. I'm heated up. <laughs> Once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your, your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. Hey! Hello! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone Sucks Here. I'm your host, Brian. Hi, and I'm your human-loving host, <laughs> Jerome Charles. Not going to betray us. Why would I do that? <laughs> I, ape overlords. We are here to promote solidarity. Yeah, that's right. That's and, what this podcast is all about. And unity. Yeah. But also to, to slay uh, both sides. We're coming for everybody. All the time, yep. especially in this one. Oh, Good yeah. gravy, we're going to get into it. We have an election episode, everybody. Just in time, because that shit show is Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I'm listening to all my other episodes of podcasts being like, oh, are you guys talking about the election too or whatever? But hey, this is why we exist. It's in vogue, baby. We're just, we're just you know, riding those coattails of popularity and relevance. But we're your local <laughs> friends, and we care. Not because we have a huge following and we have to keep that going. We care because, you know. That's true. We want to see change. I shouldn't have started that sentence without, like, an ending. I just have energy. <laughs> I just got passion, you know? Yeah, we did uh, just come back from another action. Yeah, uh, this is the first one I've been to in a while, to yeah, be fair. it's the first one that's been held in a while. It's right. Winter weather slows that shit down, and it was a very cold night tonight. Oof. But we went out to Freedom Corner for a solidarity rally with the city of Philadelphia, who is currently in a state of unrest, responding to yet another police murder. Yeah, they, they said there was, like, like lots of riots happening. Not even oh, yeah. just protests, Big time riots. riots. I mean, people were fucking fed up. Every time this shit happens, it has the, I don't know if I want to call it good fortune, but it happens to be caught on video, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. People are going to react to this. They're, we're done putting up with this shit. So, like, if it's 
captured in a clear kind of way that can be right. disseminated and spread around shit's gonna get burned down man like right just, you just gotta you just gotta accept that fact really that should be putting more of an impetus for the fucking police to do My better god uh, but they don't still seem to care so to give people a little context mm-hmm. as to what happened mm-hmm. A man uh, from Philadelphia named Walter Wallace Jr. was in the middle of a mental health episode. I believe he was carrying a butter knife. Butter a knife. butter knife. Buddy, come on. Right. What are the good, what's the point of cops right. if they can't disarm a person with a butter knife? Right. So Philadelphia police roll up. And as the police typically do, they made everything worse. Walter Wallace's mother was out there trying to get, one, the cops to calm down. And also working on de-escalation, you know, by conversing with her son. Uh, and the cops you know, executed him, like, right in front of her. So, Philadelphia responded in the correct way, which is to say, fuck the police as loud as they fucking can. And to burn and smash as much shit as they fucking can. I don't care what anyone says. That is going to be the response until people finally fucking understand that it's people over property, man. That's it. Like, get that through your fucking skull. The minute, like, you know, you you kind of, like, even hint towards, like, a sympathy for Walmart or, like, ooh, what about, you know, ooh, what about the people there, blah, 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 like, the people that work there. Walmart is a billion-dollar corporation. If one of them gets trashed, they could fix it in a week, and they don't have to fire fucking anybody. If right. they decide to do that, that's 100% on them. Right. It's not the responsibility of the fucking rioters. That is a response to state violence that we feel that we don't have any control over. And it's legitimately like the only way we can express our rage in a way that one gets noticed and mm-hmm. two serves some sort of like strike back function against right. the fucking police and the state and you know capitalism and that whole fucking menagerie because that's that's what it's all about, man. Like it's it's all that intertwined web of shit. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about the election and uh, what that that process might do to sort of. Um, Resolve that intertwined web of shit, which uh, spoiler alert might not be much. Spoiler alert, it won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's break it down. Let's get a little like who's that? Let's get ready to rumble, guy. Who are the candidates in this corner? You're at okay. Once you this uh, sports <laughs> reference, but go ahead. If you did celebrity now, death match, I would understand. Oh yeah, that. celebrity death match. Celebrity death match. Celebrity death match. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Some people like to call these two washed up, and well, they're right. Who are they? Who do we feel about them? Obviously, fuck Trump all day long, but you know what? Also, fuck Biden all day long. Yep. And we're going to explain why we feel that way. But let's first take a second to like talk about maybe like who these people are and how we got stuck with them. I mean, are we doing like a bridge? Because I Yeah, we're going to do a bridge. Yeah, okay. This is Dragon Ball Z abridged. Good, good, we're good. We're cutting out all the screaming and the powering up. Right, right, right. Just the fights. Just the facts. So Trump, he's been our dickhead president for the last four years. He beat Hillary Clinton to come into office after Hillary Clinton and the DNC tanked Bernie Sanders' chance back in 2016. And he's been fucking annoying us and torturing us and driving us all insane for the last four years through fucking faux pas after faux pas and mm. gaff after gaff and fucking insensitive comment, tweet storm, t- I will say, temper tantrum. Yeah, go ahead. I will say, uh, <laughs> if I'm giving the man any credit, this is a hell of like a, a, a spite, you know, storm that he's doing. <laughs> like, like Barack Obama annoyed him. Yeah. And he was just like, hey. Hold this. That's that Gemini energy. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's specifically why I had to, in therapy, like, swear off revenge. Because I'm yep. like, that's what this shit looks like. If I, yeah. if I focus, woo. The idea that this entire fucking presidency came about because, what's his face, uh, Seth Meyers made fun of him. Too, too harsh at that one like uh, presidential correspondence dinner My gosh. Uh, I mean one that just shows you how fucking shallow and vapid American politics is and two but this is what we wanted though like when is. I watch when I watch speeches which I you know I, I have definitely put my head back in the sand for a little bit because I'm just like I can't listen to this man fucking talk no. but if I happen to catch you know like a compilation of him giving speeches and stuff like that yeah. and, and <laughs> the way that he speaks and the way that people respond to it I'm like no this is this they're showing us that this is yeah. what they want I have no idea how anyone can like listen to him give a speech and be find oh, find no. anything coherent in there to like grip onto like the man basically just riffs whenever he gets in front of any microphone you know I'm totally off script right now contradictory statements 
statements all the time. And we mentioned this in the last episode. There's like a pattern with the media where like Trump says something that's sort of like out of pocket and weird Mm -hmm. and the media just fucking focuses on it for like two weeks and you know a bunch of other shit gets like pushed through legislation while we're all focusing on the dumb thing that Trump said. So I am one thing if he gets voted out I will be happy to see that news cycle go. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of that shit. Here's uh, now that (laughs) that part of the right has had a taste for what this could look like mm-hmm. for for this. What's that going to do in the future? So I, I know that we're going to talk about party splits eventually. But everyone, like, what if they make a party too? It's possible. for like fucking assholes for the like fucking this. freaks. And yeah. they're and they're just like, wait, okay, no, no, can Donald Trump run again under this like extra party? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if maybe. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure about that. Like in terms of like legality, whether he could join another party. But I mean, he still technically has. If he loses this election and yeah. comes back, he still had another term anyway, so I don't know if he's right. switched parties. That's irrelevant. That. But regard- <laughs> regardless, we we have the potential to be done with this guy. And, that, and a lot of people are really, like, focusing on that as, like, the uh, mission, the number one mission, the number one imperative of this election right. is just to get this motherfucker out of office. Sure. So let's talk about who could potentially replace him. Joe fucking Biden. What mm. do you know about him? What's your impression of him? As a person, uh, anything you're looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like I yeah, should have asked you that question. Why? Well, no, no. Go ahead. I want I want you to but, demonstrate your knowledge. No, <laughs> this hurts. My knowledge. You, just even if you just know him from the fucking Obama memes, like just say that. Yeah, I know that. Like, boy, did I used to like envy their friendship when when Obama was a president. I was just like, look at those guys. Yeah, just it just looks like you're having a good goddamn time. Oh man. If I were the president, I'd have like a BFF as a sidekick, right? Like, you know, vice president. I remember so, Obama gave him like a medal or something like that. He was it was like a BFF medal. Yeah, it was like a BFF. You yeah. look my buddy. Like a heart. Yeah. Like, a, like I, a broken yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like a little two pieces of lockets that right. just like put together and shit. Yes, that's what I know of old. But then he turned into Sleepy Joe that likes to touch people inappropriately well, and his, like he's got brain bloody is, eyes. His and, brain is dying uh, too. Uh, so we can thank his BFF. F. Obama uh, uh-huh. for Joe Biden being in this position because just like they say like time is a flat circle fucking history repeats itself and shit we had another election cycle in which the most popular candidate a man named Bernard Sanders got the fucking kick the knee treatment from the Democratic Party uh, after the um, South Carolina primary which was the first primary that Joe Biden won he mm. placed last in all of the ones preceding that Okay, it's been leaked through the press now I think Washington Post and New York Times did a story on this behind the scenes Obama picked up the phone and called the remaining candidates in the race, like Pete Buttigieg, uh, Amy Klobuchar, mm. and just basically was like, yeah, drop out and endorse Biden. And then they did. And then they did. And then there was just Biden and Bernie for a while. They had that one debate where everyone was like, what kind of fucking Adderall cocaine cocktail did they inject into Biden's ass wow. to like keep him coherent through this? And then the real fucked up thing, and this is what I actually suspect is what got Bernie to drop out, was the pandemic started. And a lot of people forget this because, like, the pandemic has just fucking slowed down the perception of time <laughs> mm-hmm. for, like, all of this. But when the pandemic first hit, those two were still in the primary race. Bernie wanted to call the primaries, like, pause them, you know, right. or at least transition them to completely, like, mail-in or online voting. Mm-hmm. And the Democratic National Party was just like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep holding. We're going to keep holding primaries, and people are going to keep voting. In well, you've seen lots during this election cycle of we're not waiting. We're yeah, not waiting. No. We're not we're waiting. Not waiting. Yeah. Unless it's convenient for them to wait. Sure. Because they did that in like Wisconsin, and I think they did it in Florida. Both of those states ended up having a surge in coronavirus uh, cases like immediately after the primary. And then I think just because this like nice kind of fucking grumpy socialist old man could not fathom the idea of people dying to vote for him, yeah. he dropped out. Uh, and then Biden went into a fucking bunker pretty much all summer and just kind of like reported it at us from a green screen. And that's where we are. That's the election. So we got two fucking weird octogenarians like with failing mental capacities in different ways. Trump's brain is probably just full of holes from all the fucking speed he's been doing for the last couple decades. Mm. And Biden, I'm pretty sure, has like onset dementia. So yeah, those are our options. Mike Pence, obviously, still rocking with Trump. And Biden's VP pick is the top cop of California, Kamala Harris. Yeah. But a woman of color, so kudos to him for that. Yeah, I mean, yes, yep, yep. I'm not not trying to 
wish anybody expire prematurely. No, right? no, but, uh, no, no. Secret Service, no. We would never think about them. No, no, no. We wish them long lives and good health. Right. Everybody live forever. Um, but AOC for the next time. When does she turn 35? I think she's soon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But oh. first we got to kind of survive this shitstorm. So Jerome and I, and by Jerome and I, I mean mostly me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, gonna, yeah. we're going to be uh, breaking down some of the uh, policies between these two candidates, which may surprise you or not surprise you. They're pretty much the same. Mm. There's some key differences. A lot of in what the woke circles would call as maybe like virtue signaling on Biden's camp. Sure. But yeah, I mean, we can just go through it right off the top of your head, Jerome. What do you mm. think? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to contribute something to this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what do you what do you think are the top issues bothering Americans? Oh right gosh. Now? <laughs> um, I mean, it, uh, opening up businesses. What is does that, that like mean? A- is like that coronavirus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's All a right. big issue. Pandemic is a big mm, issue. Health care. Health care, also a big issue. Ooh, Keep going. I think you're, you're about to go on roll. Two. two for two. Um, Starts with an I. Jobs. Wait, what? Jobs? Jobs. Does that start with an I? I mean, jobs is a You thing. started the I thing. I was going with this. Yeah, you were going with jobs. Yes. Yeah, all right. Yeah, jobs is always a thing, so jobs. Yeah, good. <laughs> Keep going. Immigration. Hey, bam, kids in cages. We don't like that. We want that to stop, so that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. then I guess we'll say, like, uh, the police. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe the systematic racism evident in all institutions across the country. Is that is that a, an issue on both sides? Well, it's not a policy issue from either of them. Uh, mm. It's sort of like the thing that they are both kind of not addressing. Uh, some in different ways. Trump just says it's a flat-out lie that America is great and that we should be celebrating the goodness of America at all times. And Biden is more like, hey, Jack. Slow your roll. America's done some okay things, but there's some mistakes that we gotta acknowledge too. So, which is sort of an acknowledgement on his part, but mm. also not really. No, he could he could go a lot harder in the paint. Yeah, and then there's always uh, what these two guys will do with the biggest military in the world, which will surprise you. Know Biden wants to wield a little bit more aggressively than Trump. Surpri- no, like, what, surprise, what, surprise. What more could we be doing right now? Like, in, okay, so like. <laughs> I'm assuming because I don't pay attention to anything, the rest of the world is fine. Like, mm-hmm. so what is it? No, no. Is there things there are happening? Things. There are things. Okay. Yeah. Like what? Well, there are a bunch of what some scholars would call frozen conflicts in various places around the globe, huh. which are just like civil wars or sectarian conflicts that have just not progressed in any sort of like resolution in any direction for like mm. maybe the last like five, ten years in some places. I mean, Afghanistan's been fucking fighting. Somehow, right. for like the last 20. So, like, yeah, there's, like, things going on, for sure. There's a new, a recent conflict in two countries that you're not going to know, but Armenia and Azerbaijan. I mean, I've... Y- yeah. Yeah, keep going. Well, they're fighting a war, so All that's right. new. So yeah. there are things going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, both Trump and Biden have taken pretty hard stances against China, uh, repping up that new kind of Cold War rhetoric, blaming them for coronavirus, which is stupid. But... Either way, you're going to get a candidate that is uh, pretty dedicated to using the military much in the same capacity that's been used for maybe the last 30, 40 years. So not a lot of difference there. So let's just focus on, um, I guess, like domestically, like what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, So let's see. Let's go with the police. We don't like them. Fuck them. Mm Want to abolish them. Yeah. 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 Do any of the candidates want to abolish them? No, they don't even support, like, defunding. Nope. Both of them don't support defunding at all. Uh-huh. Uh, Biden even came out the other day to specifically denounce the unrest going on in Philadelphia. Right. right so, right. obviously, these guys are both friends of police. Uh-huh. I guess the some sort of differences in criminal justice reform that are on the table. Biden wants to get rid of for-profit prisons. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, wants to end cash bail. Also good. And then also wants to get rid of mandatory minimum sentencing. Which okay. also good, yeah. right? So these are these are okay things, but ultimately, I mean, the most pertinent issue, I think, with criminal justice reform is to defund the police departments around the United States, and both of these candidates are not budging on that at right. all. So right. who the fuck cares? Again, in terms of the economy, 
you know, say a bunch of words that you're probably not going to know. So I'll just have you just speed through this and not expect me to respond. Yeah, so let's just run through the economy. Uh, There's just minor differences, again, uh, mostly the same kind of shit. They both support an expansion of NAFTA, as well as domestic production, and they have been both promising eviction moratoriums in response to the pandemic. Trump wants to be able to control the Federal Reserve. Biden does not. And trade differences largely have no positive effect on the working class and are just kind of representative of the various corporate interests that back the candidates. So like Trump wants to pull out of an international trade agreement that Biden wants to, you know, re-sign. Who cares? Yeah. None of that shit affects your fucking life. Mm-hmm. It's not going to put any fucking money in your pocket. No, no, no. Nah, that's no. that's not going to happen. Healthcare. That's another thing. Ooh, we right. care about that. Listen. We do care about healthcare. Biden wants to keep the Affordable Care Act around, what we know as Obamacare. Trump pretty much wants to destroy it because it has Obama's name on it. Right. And he's a petty fucking little Jim and I bitch. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it's that. not knocking you. It's knocking him. Maybe he was born in May. And that's the bad Jim. right? <laughs> is, that, is that how that goes? We are all Jim and I. Yeah, we are. Recognize. Yeah, so so not a lot of fucking differences in terms of tax cuts. Biden has suggested that he would increase the capital gains tax to like 39%, which I know means nothing to you, but that is what made Little Pump really mad the other day. Who? The Gucci Gang guy. Is that Little Pump? Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. Well, anyway, he went on fucking Twitter and it was just like, Trump train, baby! Like, MAGA, you're not coming for my extra fucking 39% on my capital gains or whatever. So class solidarity is very real. As soon as these, like, millionaires feel their fucking ends threatened, they all coalesce together. Oh, he's not the only one that has. Oh, he, I know he's not. You want to name a couple other ones that you've noticed? Well, 50 Cent, until his ex called him out on it, uh, Chelsea Handler Bam. had Whoa, to Chelsea go Chelsea Handler and 50 Cent dated? Girl, where have you been? Not paying attention to either of those people. She says, you used to be my my favorite ex, but you can't go out here and be irresponsible saying all this shit because yeah. you're a black man in America, buddy. And then he was just like, what? Fuck Trump. I've never banged with that guy. So, I mean, that's his like current stance on that. However, cool. somebody yeah. else picked up the slack. Wheezy F, baby. Oh, Wheezy so F, yeah. All of you that. dummies have been going around like listening to these. This is very much like when people tell you who they are, believe him. Yeah. And then like Wheezy has always been about the cops. He's always because the cops like a cop like saved his life or something when he was a little mm-hmm. kid. I mean, like I understand why you would like maybe like cops because of that direct mm. experience, but ultimately you got to look around at the rest of the fucking Read country. The room. Read the motherfucking room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was another one. Who else? Enjoy that truffle butter, you jerks. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that might have been it, you know. <laughs> no, it was Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. Can't forget Ice oh, Cube. Oh, yeah. Well, he's been like, he, I mean, he's been anti-Semitic all summer, so I was done with yeah. him, you know, when that started. Yeah, the Idpol clashes are getting really kind of intense, man. Everything's just splintering. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on, and uh, there's some aides uh, from the Biden camp have been indicating that they might not have the pull to block down the black and Latino vote in crucial swing states like they thought they did. Really? Yeah, and I mean, like, this is a result of the dialectical process that, like, got us Trump in the first place, right? And people, they don't have, like... Americans have short memories, but they're not that short. They remember eight years of Obama where nothing kind of really happened in terms of like improving people's material conditions in their everyday lives. And there are a lot of reasons for that, which could be a whole other episode. But when you deal with eight years of no change, right, same that we did with eight years of Bush, people tend to gravitate towards the person in the room that's offering something different. So you talk about this change stuff. When's the last time there was a president where there was a change where like literally every neighbor could like walk out of the door and look out at each other and be like, pretty fucking cool, right? In like a positive way? Sure, yeah. Probably like FDR, you know? The guy who pulled us out of the Great Depression like because people were fucking starving, unemployed, the banks were fucking ruined because of like... It's been that long and people still have hope? Yeah. Oh. We're kind of hoodwinked, man. Mm. We've been really, really bamboozled into thinking that electoralism works. But this episode maybe might try to dissuade Mm -hmm. people from relying on that so much. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I mean, we're just really trying to keep you informed about this non-choice that you have. So let's see. Immigration. Everyone is really mad about the kids in cages, as they fucking should be. But it is worth pointing out that those cages were built by Obama and Biden. So even though the family separation thing Biden has said is not going to do, like... 
I don't know, man. Like these fucking like these they have fucking... to they have to melt the cages. Yeah, exactly. If he doesn't get office and they don't either like seriously defund ICE and like destroy these fucking horrible border mm-hmm. centers that exist, he's promising to increase the infrastructure at port of entry. So like the places where you're legally supposed to go and okay. like be like, hey, I'm coming in the United States. I'd like to be a citizen. Or I'd like to seek asylum. Right. Like he wants to expand their intake capacity, basically, mm-hmm. so people don't have to feel the need to pour over the border illegally at various crossing zones. Okay. But even still, like you can do all that. That's still going to take time, right? Sure. That's not going to happen overnight. You got to lock down the funding for that shit. You got to get it through. I don't know. Times. They build they build houses in Pittsburgh. These these shit apartments pretty quick. I yeah, think they can the, make make a couple buildings. That's the private sector, baby. They don't got those regulations to fall in line with, and they also don't have to beg Congress for money to do it. So my point is, like, while Biden says he's going to do all these things, there is a whole other process uh, involved into getting them done. And Biden has sort of like not given us any indication that he can get that done. Mm-hmm. Unless there's like a massive sweep and Democrats win both the House and the Senate, which could happen, but seems unlikely. And then there's the question of while those ports of entry are being revamped, what are they going to do with the people who cross the border illegally? Probably just put them in the cages that are already there, right? Not unless they melt the cages. Not but, unless they damn. melt the cages. So that's what, oh. that's what we all got to pressure Biden to commit to is melt those fucking cages. He also said he's not going to build any more wall, which is great. I guess there's already a wall there. There already was a wall there. We were pointing this out when Trump wanted to build the wall. We're like, mm-hmm. hey, there's been a wall. There's been a wall since Bush. It's there. Mm-hmm. Like, you can expand it if you want, but uh, <laughs> to say that there's no wall on the border is just wrong. Uh, and has been wrong even when Trump was fucking running his mouth about it. So, like, again, fundamentally signaling towards some kind of, like, superficial changes Stuff that is maybe a little bit out of the direct purview of the president, Mm -hmm. but he's saying it to us. I mean, this is the difference between a candidate and a president throughout American politics, right? Candidates make crazy promises and then get in the office and do the exact opposite. There Mm. is, you can find a sound clip of George Bush, the candidate, Mm. W. Bush, saying that it's not America's responsibility to be the police of the world. I'm not so sure the role of the United States is to go around the world and say this is the way it's got to be. I'm going to be judicious as to how to use the military. The mission needs to be clear and the exit strategy obvious. And we all know how that turned out, right? So, like, we obviously can't take what a candidate says at like face value. Damn, but 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 they keep tricking me they're after tricking, I they're hear tricking all of us, after baby. I hear this episode yeah. and after I've been informed I can no longer go out into the world and just be like what they're telling me is true because I now have this information but like up till now I'm still pretty much just be like okay look here's what the guy's saying he's going to do so like Take him at his word. Mm-hmm. But you and history are telling me that that's not true. History will always, you know, be a good sort of like metric to how this shit actually plays out. Oh. Because if you do examine history, you will see that, yes, there is a fucking staunch difference between candidates and presidents. And what they say when they're running for office is usually not what they end up doing. Mm. And then, you know, there's reasons for that that are beyond just like a president lying to us directly. But at some point, they do just fucking lie to us. Mm. Uh, I think that's something what we can all sort of like internalize and accept as true that politicians lie yeah 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 so i mean that's not i don't think that it's gonna blow anyone's mind no one's gonna like have to pause the episode right now and just be like what Mm -hmm. no well it is like cute little refresher for my mind i'll say that (laughs) yeah we need to be reminded that politicians lie Mm -hmm. every now and then yeah I mean, that, I think that's a PSA from a worth trusted, From a trusted source. From know? a trusted source, which we hope we are here at Everyone Sucks Here. Hey, everybody. Hey. So, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't know. We have all these sort of, like, minor differences, but the broad strokes of everything seem to be almost identical. Hmm. And then there's also, like, really disturbing behind-the-scenes shit where Biden assured a bunch of, like, wealthy donors in private that nothing would fundamentally change about the United States once he was elected. Biden spoke at a private fundraiser earlier this week and told the big donors that under his presidency, nothing will fundamentally change. Well, Brian, as I've just learned, he lied to them. Hey! Well... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's. Can you tell? Who who can you tell? How can you tell? I think maybe a good metric to use (laughs) to determine whether someone in politics is lying to you Mm -hmm. is the amount of zeros in your bank account. 
So the more zeros that you have, the more truth that you get. No. Yeah. And the you less zeros, the truth. less zeros that you have, the more you get bullshitted. Because what the fuck are you gonna do if you have no money? You're not. You're gonna be like, oh, you're withholding that two hundred dollar donation for me this week. That's fine. I'll just go suck up to the dude from Goldman Sachs and get a fucking million dollar donation uh, through a super PAC or some bullshit like that. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this is again the fundamental point, right? We just ran through all these policies and these minor differences, but both of these men hmm. are representatives of the capitalist class. Both of these parties totally. are capitalist parties. These right. are, this is the fucking economic system and the power structure that they are interested in maintaining. Yeah. They just got different managerial styles. You know what I mean? Maybe you're one manager at the pizza shop, total fucking asshole, rides you hard all the time, blah, 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 real fucking dumbass prick. You think you could do the job better than him. But then you got another manager that's maybe a little bit nicer, likes to be the cool guy, pretend that he's your friend, he's your buddy. Hmm. But I mean, ultimately, he's still your fucking boss. He's not gonna he's not gonna change things for you if they affect his bottom line. Yeah, Glenn tries to be everybody's friend. Glenn, tell him about. Uh, it. Tries to be all cool. Hey, everybody, ABC, right? Always be closing. That, like that's yeah, not that's not yeah. your phrase, Glenn. No, it's not your phrase. And Glenn. you're not my friend. Who's Glenn? Uh, when I worked in New York at Bed Bath and Beyond, Glenn. Ah, yeah, fuck you, Glenn. Good God. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of Dave, a pizza shop manager. Oh, this fucking Brian's had like two jobs in his life, and I this have. is one of them. Hey, I don't. Like, <laughs> I've had four jobs. Uh, and I think I've had like 21. Different yeah, well, jobs. that's your fucking fault. I, I'm Haitian. It's what I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that what Haitians do? Yes, so man. The West Indians, like all of them. Oh, that's true. West, yeah, multiple the, fucking jobs. Dude. When I was in high school, my dad had three jobs. Holy shit. You know? Besides the Navy? Yeah, the Navy he went to from like, let's say like seven to three, and then he'd come home, take a nap, and then he would go work security from like 7 p.m. to like, I don't know, six in the morning or something like that. Go back to the Navy job. And then uh, on the weekends, he would referee soccer. Holy shit. Yeah. So I've never had like two jobs at once, but I've never not had a job until pandemic. This is the first time ever. Yeah. I mean, I've always had regular employment since I was like 16 years old. I started out on a farm and then went to groundskeeping mm. and then That's creepy. pizza. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had, what do you mean it's creepy? Anything groundskeeping. Oh, I, I mean, I'm thinking like grave diggy. Like oh, cemetery. yeah, no, I wasn't doing that shit. <laughs> I was like, ew, that's yucky. No, I was working on a college campus and uh, was largely defrauding it to steal money. Good. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Job yeah, it was good. It's a small business. Yeah. So, but anyway, that digression aside, uh, yeah, when you're when you're looking at two different sides of the same capitalist coin, you're not really looking for systematic or radical change, which is right. kind of radical is a bad word for these. Radical ones. is a very bad word for these motherfuckers yeah. because that threatens their livelihood. It kind of is an existential threat. Oh, so that's why these fucking people in the middle are so much just like, look, guys, like everybody's yeah. why is everybody fucking yelling so much? Yep. Every Everybody who doesn't understand that or is kind of resistant toward that call for radical change typically means they benefit from the system intact as is and don't want to make a little like sacrifice for Mm. uh, the improvement of everybody's lives, Mm. right? So that's something that we have to wrestle against. So I'm going to, real quick, I want to get into two big points that a lot of these like vote blue, no matter who, vote shaming, like you got to fucking vote for Biden. Vote or die. Yeah, vote or die. These people want to like use to just reinforce this notion that absolutely 100% Trump's got to go. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that. My my hot take opinion is that they're both bad for different reasons. And depending on who wins the election, we just have to adjust our organizational tactics wow. to um, you know reflect the winner, right, and yes. what they're going to be like. But two of the things that people like to point out a lot, right, with Trump is that Trump's absolutely got to go because of all of the like various racist shitheads that he emboldens. Yes, right. So to that. I want to kind of speak to, I guess, some of the sort of like logical in- inconsistencies there. One, these groups existed before Trump, right? Mm-hmm. The KKK existed like way, obviously, long before Trump. Right. So did the Proud Boys. Yeah. So did mm-hmm. all, really, all of these Michigan militia fucking nut job types. They all emerged at different points than Trump. They just like Trump because he's the closest thing to them that has ever been elected to this this office, right? Okay. Now, I want to point out something. The cornerstone of sort of like racist brutality in America is not these fucking losers, right? I don't know the exact statistics and not counting like shit like Timothy McVeigh and all that kind of stuff, but really the body count for these groups is mm. pretty low when you compare it to, I don't know, the police. Police brutality is the cornerstone 
of American racism. Police are the ones who kill more people every year than any of these fucking right-wing nutjob groups combined. And what are both candidates doing about the police? Nothing. Bam. Hmm. So if these groups existed before Trump, it stands mm-hmm. to reason that they will exist after Trump. And if these groups don't create the same existential threat for people of color and marginalized communities in this country that, say, the police do, what is the real problem that we need to address? And we talked about this on the episode when we were uh, talking about the violence in Kenosha. The police and these groups work together sometimes. Is that the, the, the X-Men Island? Where they live? No, that's Genosha. Okay. Yeah. Kenosha was the one where that, that where Kyle Rittenhouse mm. Batman motherfucker shot the three protesters. Okay, so supposing Trump didn't get into office, and you say these groups already did exist and stuff oh, yeah. like that, would their shame have been shed in such a sh- the same way of like, let it all go, show us who you are, and I, I like your energy? Who would have been like championing that? During these last four years, I mean, they could have, they could have probably definitely rallied around like local politicians for sure that are a little bit more on message for them. And I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's fucking racist ass mayors in small towns in like Montana, Mississippi, wherever these fucking white nationalists tend to congregate. A couple senators, a couple House of Representatives, dudes, but nothing as like big as like Trump, right? Sure, but okay. So then, just following that. Uh, let's say we have a Demo- we've had a Democrat president these last four years. Coronavirus comes, we handle it slightly better, just slightly fucking better. Uh, are you are you are you imagining a scenario yes. where mm-hmm. Biden was in charge or like a Democratic president was a in Democratic charge instead president. of trust? So right. Like what would Hillary have done maybe in response B- to the pandemic? Yeah, but 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 um, uh, what would she have done in response to the pandemic or whatever? And would we see those same groups? in the same force that we do now. I mean, it depends on what you mean by, like, force, right? Open up, it, open up our stores and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know how explicitly linked those two groups are, like, in terms of just, like, white nationalists with, like, maybe the, the reopen people. I mean, I'm sure there is some overlap, but, like, it's safe to say that the majority of people in the reopen mission mm-hmm. might not be avid white supremacists and like vice versa. I don't know. If I've that, absolutely just made them the same people. In my them, head. I mean, that, that's Be- understandable. Beauty and the Beast yeah. from Kativo, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely understandable because there is definitely an overlap and those the members that do overlap are probably very loud and very visible. Yeah. But there are still a large contingent of people who are not necessarily white supremacists but just believe that coronavirus is like fake, hmm. you know? And like that's the motivation thing for that. So I don't, I don't really know if the handling of the pandemic would have done anything. But it's this idea that because Trump is a loudmouth racist bigot, these guys are less afraid to mm. be loudmouth racist bigots in public. And I understand that that can cause a lot of people anxiety and that creates unsafe situations for a lot of folks as well, too. But like ultimately speaking, like that's a minor change in terms of the broad impact of racist violence in the United States. Because like I just said, the people who are actually perpetrating these crimes day in, day out are wearing badges. Mm, yeah, I guess. But Lawrenceville has never felt unsafe to me before. But now I see a th- group of like three white guys walking in by myself. I might think first before like walking past them. That's fair. But one could argue, do you feel unsafe specifically because like you knew those guys are like white supremacists or identified as white supremacists or do you feel safe because you see like news stories constantly talking about how these people exist? Because that's definitely increased. Yeah. Like the coverage of these people existing has definitely increased. I think, I think, I feel that way whatever because yeah, I think these people can find each other now mm-hmm. and I think these people could just as easily be going on bar crawls down the street mm-hmm. and stuff like that and and they see a black guy walking. Who knows if I have on my cop's lie hoodie, my, my whatever and stuff like that, even like rainbow shoelaces and they just see like, look, nobody's on the street. Let's just fuck this dude up real quick or whatever. Like that's what I feel and I've, I've never experienced that before in Lawrenceville. Have you experienced it? No, but I mean, I've never felt you have more of the potentiality. Right, you in have the head. notion in your head, Correct. but it hasn't happened to no, you. Right? No, no, no. Okay, no. I mean, not that's also not to disavow that could happen or anything like that. No. Uh, and you know, I mean, this is a teaching moment for both of us right now, talking in this dialogue because you know, I'm a white guy and you're a black guy, and like your lived experience is going to be way different than mine. Mm. But my argument here, my point is coming from this idea that like these groups existed yep. prior to Trump, will exist yep. after Trump. Totally. Uh, 
the work with the police before Trump will work with the police after Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police violence against black people is the highest fucking source of violence in the United States. That has existed long before right. Trump and right, right, will continue right. existing after Trump. So ultimately, you know, because we saw that, and then if, if the police ever become a force where black people would feel comfortable calling them, hey, there are these three white dudes following me. Uh, police in some right. Cops. I mean, because let's let's think about it. Like Black Lives Matter emerged under the Obama administration. There's no excuse for the kind of violence that we saw yesterday. When individuals get crowbars and start prying open doors, they're not protesting. They're not making a statement. They're stealing. When they burn down a building, they're committing arson. Criminals and thugs. You know, Michael Brown and Ferguson was killed when Obama was president. Freddie Gray in Baltimore was killed when Obama was president. Eric Gardner was killed when Obama was president. Sandra Bland was killed when Obama was president. Mm-hmm. All of these people died at the hands of the police. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. Like, the the thing that needs to be restructured is the fucking police force. And sure. both of these candidates have committed to not doing anything about that. Damn. So, what difference does it make if one president is a little bit more cozy mm-hmm. to, like, racist groups than another? And people can say, maybe rightfully so, that it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe they don't have, like, such a large platform. Maybe they can't sell fucking merch whenever the president says like stand back and stand by or whatever but ultimately they're still going to exist they're still going to do what they do and really the police are going to be doing most of the wet work for them and that's not going to change so i don't know i don't know if that's enough incentive for me i shouldn't even say that for me but like i don't know if that's enough of a fucking like realistic change to affect the situation on the ground Hmm. That's just my opinion. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, as a white guy, maybe that opinion is not worth shit. <laughs> yeah, th- that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's just all I have to say. But like, but the this harsh treatment of marginalized communities has been a constant in American history, like a right. constant. And to think that it starts and ends with one man seems like a fallacy to me. But like I said, maybe I'm just fucking wrong. What about, like, Hitler, though? Like, isn't he the one man that got the people to do all the things? Sure. I mean, Hitler was also responding to a drastically different, like, material situation than we were. I mean, Germany was coming out of a devastating loss in World War One. What are we coming out of? Economic. Or what are we in the middle of right economic now? Economic crisis after economic crisis. Pandemic. I mean, that still is not the same as a fucking total war. Like, we're talking, like, cities in Germany that were completely, like, devastated. And then their economy was tanked in a much more significant and real way than we Yes, did. they have legitimate claims but I mean I'm not saying these are legitimate claims I'm saying that the situation was a little bit more dire than even what we're experiencing now but we can also acknowledge that people don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be the same for it to exist in their heads like Mm. they feel oppression right now for the first time and they can easily spin that to be inside their hearts as harsh well, as other people have, have experienced. I mean, that's a good point. But then I would counter with like, you know, even you, like asking you as a black man, this is the first time that you've seen oppression or witnessed oppression. Like, did it start with Trump? Like, did you, the first time that you were aware of that shit was, was Donnie Deal's president? When no, it but, but, but this is my, the, like I said, this is the first time in America that I've ever felt unsafe. Okay, that's fair. So the presidency of this dude, you would argue, have, has created a sort of like cultural climate. Yes. In which, like, you're more on edge oh, and yeah. more nervous. I mean, that's completely valid, yeah. right? Because before, it was just, you would see, a, like, a Confederate flag and just be like, mm, whatever, you know? Because that's, back then we were accepting the whole, like, you know, it's heritage, not hate situation. The amount of people that have come out of the woodwork and the amount of people that, like, so now we see the, the Confederate flag plus the Trump one. And it's like doubled and tripled in my eyesight, yeah. you know? Pittsburgh isn't the fucking South, but hey. Fuck no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, people were trying to pull down those statues when Obama was president. And I do just want to mention this has nothing to do with who was president, right? Mm-hmm. But rather like that climate that the president creates. Mm-hmm. None of those statues got torn down when Obama was president. How many statues have been torn down in the last like sure. six months? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like... That's more That's more of a statement of, like, the impact of people power. Because one thing that Trump does, mm-hmm. more so than any other president before him, is he pisses people off. He fucking agitates, like, the general population of the United States in a much more visceral way mm-hmm. than any president has before him. Even Bush. Like, and that's why you're seeing, like, this fucking rehabilitation effort with Bush going on right now, too. Where it's like, oh, he was the nice one. Right. He was the normal Republican president. Like, wouldn't we just kill to have him back again? No, no, mm. motherfucker. W. Bush administration set this country on a fucking irreconcilable course for disaster. And we are still feeling that now. Like, we right. are feeling the repercussions of this now. Just to point that out and put that into 
context. Yeah. When Bush was president in 2006, the FBI put a memo on his desk that said white nationalists and white supremacists were infiltrating local law enforcement around the country at mm. sort of like an alarming rate. And they said, hey, if you don't do anything about this, these people are going to work their way up into the higher command of local police forces right. and be responsible for setting policy. And what did Bush do? He just went, oh, that's nice. And then just put it in his uh, look at later pile and then invaded Iraq. So fuck mm. George Bush. Rehabilitating this guy is just this uh, a part of this big elaborate fucking smoke show that the capitalist system does to normalize itself. Speaking of smoke shows and <laughs> chicksies, what's this? People keep thinking like, oh, we'll just get Biden in office and then push him to the left. Oh, yeah. There's another one. So, what, I don't know. What do you think, man? Like, Joe Biden has basically already s- secured the Democratic nomination without capitulating to, like, the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. He basically has gone on record saying things like, I have no empathy for the youth of this generation or this new generation. Like, I don't care about That's them what at he all. Said. He did say that. The younger generation now tells me how tough things are. Give me a break. I have no empathy for it. Also, like I said earlier, he's gone on record to tell uh, wealthy donors that, like, nothing will fundamentally change. Like, he's very much about preserving the status quo and if this season of protest that we've been going with is about destroying the status quo why do we want another status quo credit i don't know so this idea that we're going to push him left on what and how that's how you know that's how i want to ask that question because once he's in there he's got uh, the power like he's (laughs) got the power he doesn't have to listen to us anymore and if he does that which is his primary campaign strategy is not to appeal to the far left in this country Mm. it's to appeal to fucking moderate republicans that are tired of trump embarrassing them that doesn't sound like a coalition for progressive change that sounds like a coalition for more of the same yeah so like Mm, I don't know. We also have to realize that the Democratic Party in the legislative body, which is the House and the Senate, they don't have any fucking backbone. Like, Amy Coney Barrett is a Supreme Court justice now. And they all universally confirmed her. (laughs) Remember when people were fucking freaking out, like, after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died about what's going to happen? And, like... They were seriously looking at Democratic leadership to put up a fucking fight about this, and they just bent over. Like, Dianne Feinstein fucking congratulated Amy Comey Barrett on, like, you know, being so well-read and, like, well-studied in the law or some shit like that. I'm really impressed. Thank you. And these are supposed to be, like, champions of progressive values. So it's just, like, that reality does not line up with expectation. So I don't know. scrap that. Whenever you hear people... Going with that rhetoric, dead that. Seriously, if you hear somebody say, oh, we can push him to the left, like, once he gets elected, just look him dead ass in the face and go, how? Mm-hmm. Like, and, if, and they're not going to be able to tell you because there is no fucking answer to that. Damn. Like, we've been calling our elected officials. We've been marching around in peaceful protests and, like, doing this shit. And, like, all of that has amounted to eh, a couple, like, murals, maybe some, like, superficial changes somewhere suggestions about like large-scale reform that ultimately like sort of like peter out and pan to nothing and that's kind of the part of like the media cycle and how fast that it regenerates but remember when the minneapolis pd was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna disband our police force and like Hmm. start anew Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened yet oh okay yeah yeah and i think most people largely forgot about it which judging by your face when i just said that might have been you too what did I do yesterday, Brian? I don't know. I don't either. So you're right. <laughs> right. Probably so Americans have like largely like, you know, no offense, America, but also a little offense, America. We have like goldfish brains where we yeah. only remember the fucking last 30 seconds of what happened. Oh, no, I'm still thinking about X-Men because I mentioned it earlier. Genosha. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah see, you look, you know. I that's where my brain's at. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. Pushing Biden left doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Right. I need you to fucking light that joint that you've been playing oh, yeah, with for the last oh, yeah, like sorry. half an hour. And then we talk about the importance of local elections and their limitations. Hey, local elections. That's the thing everybody says is like the real important thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, give me a little something. Do it on a local level. We got, we have <laughs> somebody, on level. somebody on our street who Think has an globally. office. Think uh, globally. And we like, Sarah, we like yeah, her. Sarah Moreno. She's a state representative. She's cool. Yeah. I like her. So she's local. She's local. I'm going to vote for her. Right. And like this is, again, this is not us advocating for you to stay home on election day and like not participate in this process at all. Because you can vote for things on the local level that will directly impact people's like material lives. And I'm talking about pay close attention to who you're fucking electing as judge. Who's your fucking local magistrate? Oh, guy? yeah. Well, there's no reason Zapata should have gotten District attorney. But close. You're in the right. You're in the right. Yeah. Anthony Zapata should be. Is it Anthony or Steven? 
Who cares? Who he cares? doesn't even respect it. Fuck them. They should go. Like, get the fucking district attorneys that are like high prosecution, high conviction rates out. Get fucking judges who are like uh, mandatory maximum sentencing out. Anybody who doesn't factor in economic backgrounds or socioeconomic status in their sentencing, fuck them. Get rid of them. Those are the things that make the biggest fucking difference in local elections. And those are probably the things that people are least educated on. So like before you go to the polls, read up on that shit. Yeah, representatives are important, but ultimately who you send to the House of Representatives, both on the state and the local level, are going to be beholden to that whole process, which as we know has been dysfunctional as of late. So like, I wouldn't really pin a lot of hopes on a lot of reform coming out of those bodies. But in terms of feeling a real difference on the ground in your local municipality, Hmm. judges, district attorneys, all that shit matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There are limitations, right, to even local elections and what they can do. Sarah Amaretto, she's a great politician. Her values are more closely aligned to ours than anyone else in our local sort of like periphery, except for maybe like Summer Lee. They are part of that same coalition, but they also have to operate within the Democratic Party, which we've talked about throughout this episode. Right. Just being a bunch of snakes. They might as well just be moderates. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Democratic Party is going to force them to be moderates in order to get anything done. Mm -hmm. But there's the argument that we can elect more of them. We can put a broader coalition of justice Democrats or social Democrats into the Democratic Party. And that will ultimately push the party left. But the party masters of the Democratic National Convention, they're attached to the hip with Wall Street. They're always going to be able to outfund those more progressive people and bump them out. We've already seen like AOC get primaried. We've already seen Rashida Tlaib get primaried. These are insanely popular candidates and their own party is basically trying to get rid of them. So like you can't hold a fucking candle for these people to like change everything when you have the active power structures of, of their party trying to like either nullify them or excommunicate them. So how do we find a new way, a new mm. hope? And this is what everybody was talking about at the action today. It's this idea that we need something new, we need something like permanent, and we need something better. And like that's what it is to build a political party, right? I don't know, ask Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah, you brought that to my attention, so mm-hmm. why don't you tell people about this? <laughs> I'm going to tell them what I read in the headline. <laughs> Puff Daddy started a political party. End of news quote. Right, and I actually read the article and, and pointed out to Jerome that it wasn't actually a political party, but a rebranding of his original Voter Die initiative, Ryan Q, the South Park Voter Die, Voter Die. Voter Die, motherfucker, motherfucker, Voter A rebranding of that initiative into, what did he call it? I don't know, the Black First or something. The something. Black Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. Just, the something party. Know. Yeah, but like our party or something like that. Right, right, but it's not going to be something that I can actually take votes away from nope. something else okay they're not they're not an actual party so that's not they're a not real running party. candidates uh and then we got what kanye west who I mean, ran for president for like a hot minute yeah, got okay. on the ballot in some places and i guess forgot about it what, what did he run as the omari west party or something like that is mm. the name of his group that, that, that's his it's his own party group? yeah it's his own party can i do that yeah i think so but i, I mean you have to have a shit ton of money to do it oh yeah all right yeah GoFundMe slash Chew. <laughs> the Chew Party, yeah. We'll figure it out. Hey, man, that dickhead that was the CEO of fucking Starbucks ran for a hot minute. Remember that? No. Remember when Michael Bloomberg was running? Mm, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Billionaires. I mean, if they have the capital to fucking inject themselves into oh, the Oh, that's right. That's situation. right. That's right. Bloomberg put a lot, a lot so of money in his campaign money. and then got like nothing. Nothing for it. He got barely nothing any votes. for it. So. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that that happened because I don't know what that would have said about the American political process from that point on if he would have literally just spent his way into the Democratic nomination. That would have been crazy. Well, Trump spited his way in <laughs> with a little bit of money. Yeah, that's true. And he stole a lot of money and grifted a lot of people to get the rest of that fucking money. And Trump's already made a, like a, a pretty detrimental effect. So we don't need like the, the fucking Democratic version of him with like Bloomberg, you know? No. No, we don't. We're oh, Bloomberg's a Democrat? <laughs> yeah, he was. No, <laughs> Start that from the record. I knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. Uh, Jerome is very smart and well-informed. Uh, I am so smart. <laughs> I am so smart. Yeah. I mean, fuck Michael Bloomberg. Like, you, can, you can't... you can One, I think he was a Republican when he ran for mayor in New York City. That's the knowledge that I was leading with. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the motherfucker who invented Stop and Frisk. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, 
<laughs> if he would have got elected, not also not a really a, a friend to progressive values. So yeah, I'm in a political party. Are you? Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna plug the PSL again. Well, right? I, I've never heard you talk about mm. this before. Who are these? I usually keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. I don't like to talk about it. Who are these comrades of yours? Oops, wait, I'm already revealing too oh, much. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, so the Party for Socialism and Liberation is a Marxist political party, which I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you guys never win anything. You guys can't do any shit." Blah 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 blah. And you know what? Fine, sure, man. I'll, I'll give you that. Like. We're small, but that's how all political parties start out, is small. I don't care if you're into the Democratic Socialists or whatever, or if you're in a Socialist Alternative, or if you're into the Green Party or whatever, all of these things are small. And because they need to get to a point where they can actually challenge the two-party system in a meaningful way, that requires, drum roll please. I don't do the drum roll. No, it's not the drum roll. I'm, 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 the drum roll happens in post-production, and then uh-huh. you say... And then I say what? I don't know. Work. Organizing. Organizing. Cut. Damn it. No, keep it in. <laughs> it stays in. Yeah, you got to keep organizing, man. You can't just give up. When you're in a political party and you want that party to grow, you have to do the work necessary for the party to grow. That was at one point true for both the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. They weren't just these established fucking already existing things. It's not like they signed the Constitution and these two parties just emerged and have always existed. That's not how it works. Right, right, right. You've been talking this whole time, but I keep just picturing like Voltron and like all the little socialist groups. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be great? Eventually have to come together to form a Voltron. Yeah. I mean, there's like, so the history of communist and socialist parties in the United States is a very long and storied one and would perhaps make an interesting episode for, just for the Patreon. Be, yeah, for for the Patreon. <laughs> for because Jerome doesn't want any part of that. Girl. Because that's just basically a history lecture, and that's my Q zone. Damn for it. free? <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my Q zone, baby. <laughs> yeah. Palm tree girls, yeah. palm tree guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right up in there. The idea, again, that, that these have always been and that they didn't require some serious ground building themselves is erroneous, and you should just get that out of your head. So if you were actually committed to the idea of radical change, structural change, deep systemic change for some of these issues, find a party that is closest aligned to you know your values and fucking join it. And like do the work that's required to build this shit up. I keep uh, saying, you know, anytime that anybody has anything to say about communism or something like yeah. that or whatever, I'm just like, okay man, whatever. Like I said, <laughs> I see them doing work. We got ideas at least. Like you might not agree with it, but we believe in it and that's enough. Like we're out there doing the work necessary to build this shit up from the ground. We have a candidate running for president uh, and we know, I mean, we know that she's not gonna win, but it doesn't matter because getting that message out there, putting out a presidential platform that is aligned with socialist values to show what is possible if you fucking organize behind those types of groups and get them to the point where they can make impacts on either like state level or national elections. That's fucking crazy. We talked about that city councilwoman, Kashama Sawant, who famously opened the doors to the city council and let the Black Lives Matter protesters in there to occupy the building. Autonomous zone. Yeah, the autonomous zone, baby. I mean, this, these people, are, you know, she's from a rival party to my own. I don't even just say rival, it's different. But the fact that, you know, she holds this one position and she's sort of like, it's a small position. Like city council member isn't really that powerful. Hmm. But the fact that it's a, a socialist and that she reps socialism real hard, like in that in that position is just like, people pay attention to it. People notice her. She's got like sort of a figure. So imagine if you can get that shit everywhere else. Milwaukee has had four socialist mayors in its history. It's not unprecedented. Hmm. And the more of these types of people, the more socialists, the more anti-capitalist uh, political officials that we get elected in these big municipalities, big cities and stuff, that creates a sort of bedrock foundation for some serious dual power building. What it takes to get a new party to the level of the Democrats or the Republicans. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's work. Like, I don't want to fucking diminish that at all. You're going to be doing some work. You're basically going to have a job. Like, it's going to be a job. It requires dedication. It requires a lot of time. And it requires a lot of energy and effort. But, like, if you're fucking serious about this shit, what other option do you have? You know what I mean? Like, you have to do this or it's not going to happen. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Cause, yeah. Because you said, if you're serious about this, what other options do you have? And, of course, <laughs> when I say that I have my head in the sand, like, <laughs> I literally imagine myself as an ostrich just being like, mm, don't care, and just like putting my head in the sand. You know, but I can't dear do that and then also care. Dear listeners, Chu likes to put on a big front. Uh, but Chu has been to more actions this summer than anyone I really know personally. No, I mean, uh, I'm there in I'm there in body. You I mean, usually astral projecting somehow. Sure, but I mean, you are at least picking up the vibe that a little time and effort is required. Yes, uh, and that without it, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's I mean, we've talked about this in episodes past too. You got to commit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're running out of time in a lot of ways. We got that fucking ecological collapse of the climate staring yeah. down the barrel of a gun at us. We have wealth inequality just growing at alarming fucking rates to the point where, like, these people might have so much fucking money that nothing we do ever matters. You know? Like, they can just buy a private army and just defend their shit all day long. Who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Because private armies do exist. There are mercenary companies out there that could be hired to the benefit of... Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. Oh, you see what happens when you allow him too many sentences in a row? He starts to become a bummer. I need you to silver line these these elections for me. What do you mean? Find a... I don't know what a silver line something. is. It's, it's something. <laughs> this is pos- straight out of sil- choose silver linings chew book. Uh, <laughs> and you just have to like... <laughs> if all I hear is these little doom and gloom statements that you're all saying, right, all right, that's okay. what I'm going to latch okay. on to. All right. This is a challenge and I accept it. So what are we doing? Both scenarios? Yeah, let's let's start with the harder one first with okay. Trump. Silver lining if yeah, Trump wins. Buddy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Give me something something right. to believe in. Ryan, cue the Jeopardy music or something right here because I gotta little, take a little brain breather and think about this shit. Ryan. Okay, so silver lining with Trump. Obviously, fuck this guy. You know, fuck what he might be able to do in a second term where he doesn't have to worry about re-election and like, you know, has carte blanche over that shit. But the silver lining that I think if Trump gets elected to a second term is one, the American government, what they refer to as the deep state, but we can just call like bureaucratic institutions are still sort of going to be like paralyzed with infighting hmm. for them to, I don't know, maybe launch a global war against China or something like that, which could drag, <laughs> drag us into a extremely deadly and costly global conflict. So maybe that doesn't happen. That's this, kind of a silver lining. A silver lining. Yeah, not starting World War Three. I think is a silver lining, okay. uh, because out of sheer ineptitude or like you know paralyzed uh, government bodies like oh, fighting oh, each other. Take us all right, all right. I'll, I can get, I can do better. I can do better. <laughs> okay, so people still reacting to this horrible orange man being president will probably push more good, earnest people into getting involved in politics. Mm. Uh, while we saw these last four years of Trump in office, and especially this last one with all these crises like compounding and his just complete incapability of dealing with it, right? Mm. We're seeing the numbers of all of those like socialist parties that I just mentioned grow. So mm. like more people are getting involved. More people are becoming organizers and activists. Mm. Uh, more people are leading protests. More labor unions are fucking striking to, you know, secure down collective bargaining rights or like get safer working conditions for schools and shit. All of that stuff is the work that I'm describing. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, Trump is president and it's not safe to go back to brunch, mm-hmm. people are seriously motivated to get involved and do that. So like while four more years of Trump is fucking scary for a lot of reasons. The idea that it could create the sort of dialectical response Mm -hmm. that could lead to a groundswell in revolutionary movements Mm -hmm. is good. Yay, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, because as you were talking, (laughs) I was thinking, I think if Biden gets elected, you're going to see so much heat die out from people and still just be like, tight, we did it. And they're like, look at me. I fucking registered and I voted like everybody kept on crying about and we got your Biden, so leave me alone. Yeah, like literally all of those people who like are like vote shaming you for like thinking about voting third party or like not voting at all and shit. Those are the people who once Biden gets elected are going to be like... Mm. I'm done mm-hmm. uh, and and seen and just like go back into the fucking like jobs and keep perpetuating capitalism as we get probably like four years of just nothing doing. Okay, and as you say that, silver lining. Silver Biden. lining Biden. Okay, mm-hmm. so silver lining Biden is I don't know the motherfucker dies <laughs> like within a year or two, and then we get uh, Kamala Harris as president, and maybe she's not as bad as we all think because uh, we can push her to the left because right? we can push her to the left because <laughs> maybe she's a little bit more 
more malleable than like the architect of the prison bill mm. and like the guy who voted for the war in Iraq. Like mm. maybe she's a little bit for like left is leaning than he is, and that's where the leverage actually comes from. Or maybe just the fact that all of those old motherfuckers realize that they're old motherfuckers and young people just start streaming in through the Democratic Party. Maybe because Biden's president, members of like the squad get more of a platform in their various positions in the legislature. Mm. Like maybe they can get more done. Maybe they can actually get some of their bills signed by the president instead of just vetoed and sent back. We're looking at a total blue wave, best case scenario. So like legislative governments, House and Senate go Democrat, Democrat majority in both. And Democratic president. No one gets... Oh, wait. No, we're doing silver linings. So I'm not going to bring yep. up the bad news. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so if that happens, maybe that is enough for, like, serious, like, reform to come into play. Okay. Like, because essentially you got a whole line of green stamps, like, all the way to the top, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have the majority. And that's what, you know, has been the excuse since, like, 2010, is that, oh, well, we didn't have the majority in, in the Congress, so like that's why we couldn't get this done. Hmm. So like if we have it done, maybe that is what it takes to get... It's not going to solve the problem, but it will get the boot like immediately off a lot of people's necks, hmm. which is a good fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it. That's all my that's my silver lining with Biden. It's like maybe. <laughs> it's like maybe you know, enough pressure comes off that people can like fucking live and be relaxed. And, but either Once way... Once again, you can't stop doing the work. You can't stop doing the work. And that's it. Don't like, stop. Doing don't, the work. don't stop doing the work. Don't stop believing, baby. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing, because, like, uh, the minute you do... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, was that silence supposed to be, like, pregnant? Sopranos reference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, it's Brian. And Chew. And together we are... Everyone Everyone Sucks sucks Here. I know that we just talked a lot of shit about both candidates and the futility of voting. But voting is democracy, even in a corrupt one. You can't have democracy without it. So if you voted by mail, make sure to check in on the status of your ballot. And if you're voting in person, make sure you know where you're going. Local elections matter. They have a close impact on your life. Study your ballot carefully so you know who and what you're voting for. COVID is still a thing. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and maintain social distancing. And keep in mind, voter intimidation is a real thing. Something that's always been real to black people and people of color. Let's keep it real. But because of the unique crisis this country finds itself in at present, it might be a little bit more widespread than we've seen before. So if you're going to the polls, go together. Look out for each other. And protect your neck. And remember, vote your conscience. And most importantly, remember, the fight doesn't stop here. So as always, join your local socialist party. Peace. Peace.